0: Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Igniting Courage podcast. One of the things that I really am excited about with this podcast is igniting people's courage to accept other people's journey, even if it's not their own. There's a lot of social conversations going on right now around gender and around sexuality and around Just lifestyle in general, how you want to live your life. And it's important to me that people understand you don't have to agree, you don't have to understand, and you don't have to take on that lifestyle to support somebody in the decisions they're making. And so one of the things I was really excited about was to bring on someone who had the journey of being the parent of a transgender child. And it just turned out that my very best friend, Ashley, formerly known as Ashley and now Ashley Crawford, from my best friend from fourth grade when we both lived in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, her son transitioned a few years ago to James, to male. And so I wanted to get Ashley's perspective as the parent of a transgender child. It's an important understanding that we can have as we move closer to people who have different lifestyles than us that are making different choices than us we can still accept it and support it and have the courage to say yeah that's not my choice but i support you in yours so enjoy this paradigm shifting interview with my friend ashley crawford
1: all right ashley thank you so much for taking the time to come on today i appreciate it you are very
2: welcome i'm glad to be here and excited
1: yeah, and we've been trying to get this time that works for us for a long time, so I'm glad we finally got it together. And you and I have been friends for about the longest time I've been friends with
2: anybody. I think we were best friends back in nine, when we were nine, right? Yes, it was. Um, I think even, like, we were best friends for a couple years. I mean, you were my first, my first clear memory of a best friend was always Ann Bonnie. Like, that was you. When everybody asked, who's your, you know, all those security questions, not that, telling you yeah. secrets it was like you know who was your childhood best friend i'm like ann bonnie <laughs> yeah oh, that's awesome yeah we had a lot of fun we
1: had a great time yeah and uh a, a lot and that was back in riyadh saudi arabia so thanks to the magic of facebook reconnecting people you now live in texas and i now live up in michigan and here we are chatting on the phone so thank yeah. you so much I know you've had a lot of courage in your life, and I know you're going through a particularly difficult time right now. So just talking about today, where has courage played a role just so far in a
2: little way today? Um, that's such a complicated answer to give, only because I have to give a little bit of history to it so everybody mm-hmm. understands. My father, who is my hero, I mean, most most little girls always say that, but my father has been my hero my whole life for a multitude of reasons. He was diagnosed um, March 25th with stage 4 cancer, and it was a very fast-moving cancer. And the oncologist told us it won't respond to chemo. It's, once we found it, it's, it's, it is what it is. You can't change it. And they had given him about three to four months to live. He lives in Delaware, lived in Delaware. So I immediately booked a flight, flew up to Delaware on a Friday. We brought him home from the hospital on Saturday for hospice care. And in 13 days, he passed away. So it was very, very quick. And so I'm still deep in, in that process, which has been very difficult for me. But really, courage for me every day right now looks like getting up and figuring out my new normal because it's hard, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a difficult, a difficult process to work through, and I'm an inherently happy person, so for me, sadness is almost like a foreign concept, so to get up in the morning and feel a heavy weight and think, okay, okay, this is going to be your new normal, figure out how to laugh and figure out how to get through it, it takes a lot of courage, and, you know, today I was writing, some words that I want to say on his at his service which is Saturday and that was hard because I wanted to share stories but then I have so many that I switched it to the lessons so I had to really sit with myself and think okay Ashley what are the lessons that you can take away from your dad and really his biggest lesson to me all the time was don't let fear stop you keep going you're always going to be scared of something so keep going And so that's kind of what I'm taking into this journey is I'm scared of this pain. I'm scared of this hurt. But it's another part of my journey. It's another part of the adventure. So I'm going to have this and keep moving. So it just takes courage to do that every day and remind yourself that this too will pass. And that's so wonderful that that's one
1: of the lessons that you're saying on Saturday. And you're here to talk to us now. Um, That's awesome. And, and, you know, you told me before we started the recording that one of the things that you are working on right now is being okay with not being happy. And that takes courage, too, because your natural thing is to be bubbly and cheerful, and, and that's not how you're feeling. And be, having the courage to be honest about your feelings and be okay with that and to sit in that
2: yeah. is takes a ton of courage, too it does and i think as women we never want to disappoint people i don't know if that's just something we're raised with our generation but we don't people have an expectation and you know people that know me on a day-to-day basis know that i am just i'm happy that's who i am that's how my dad raised me that's what we do so it's taken a lot of courage for me to be brave enough and tell someone i'm not having a good day today it's not a good day for me And, you know, especially with my husband, he'll ask me, how are you doing today? And, you know, to look him square in the face and say, I don't have any emotional capability today to handle these day-to-day difficulties of, you know, raising kids, living on a farm, running our own business, all the things we do. I have to be courageous and give him the reins and say, it's you today. I can't do this today. And so it's definitely been a really amazing learning experience. And to give up control, too, in that time where you say, I can't do this right now. That takes, yeah. that takes a lot of guts in and of itself. It really does because you find yourself yeah. in a moment of weakness and you might not be used to that. Right. Well, you're used to life courage. Um, and this is
1: internal courage. You're used to external courage. Um, but you've got a lot of experience with internal courage, too. But one of the things I think that brought us together most recently was I saw on your Facebook that, like you just said, you bought a farm not that long yes. ago. Uh, <laughs>
2: and I'm yep, sure two years Yeah. It, is it just two? Yeah, it'll in September No, sorry, in September it'll be three years, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that I mean, just from a life leap perspective, that takes courage as well.
1: Um oh, gosh. but back yeah. yeah. But backing up from that and the place that I watched the journey on Facebook was your daughter realizing that she was a boy and transitioning to, you know, that you had a transgender child. And I was interested in your perspective on that as a parent um, and your experience with that and how courage played a role for you there.
2: Oh, gosh, yeah. That was, so just to even back up even further, I knew when my daughter at the time was three that something wasn't right. Well, first off, when they told me I was having a girl, I said, no, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I said, I, I really feel like this is a boy. And they said, no, it's a girl. Look, she's got girly bits. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's a girl. So, <laughs> oh, so yeah, even right. when yeah, <laughs> even when I was pregnant, I, just, I felt it was wrong, which is really weird and sounds hippy-dippy, but I just felt it was wrong. When she was three, we were in a store, and I held up a dress. And I was like, hey, isn't this dress cute? Wouldn't you like to wear it? And it was your typical pink and frou-frou with glitter. She said no. And she walked right over to the boys' section and started picking out boy shirts and, like, Thomas the um, Train and Bob the Builder and those type of shirts. And I was like, well, Hannah, no, you know, this is, this is a dress. And she had a meltdown and refused to even look at the girl clothes. And I thought, ding, ding, okay, all right then we're not going to put you in dresses. You don't want to wear them? Cool by me. Whatever. You you wear what you want to wear. So at the age of three, she started picking out her clothes. And if you made her put on, like, later on in life she was in band and had to wear dresses and things like that, it was awkward and horrible, and it looked weird, and she felt weird, and it just – it was, it was a, a battle. And it just – you know, I knew that <laughs> – Something was definitely not right when it came to how she saw herself and what the reality of her body was. And at the time, I mean, now
1: transgender is a a bigger conversation,
2: but James is 20 now? He is 21, turned 21 in December. So this is all happening in, you know, the late 90s when this wasn't really a conversation. No, it was not.
1: So where was your brain? You just thought something isn't. Quite right. Something's a little funky. You don't know what it is. Just going to continue to respond to what
2: she's saying. Yeah. Well, and my concern is I didn't want to push my feelings on her. You know, I wanted her to have a journey of discovery and have it not be influenced by me. Um, And so I was, at the time, her dad was not. Um, my ex-husband was not very supportive of, of me saying, you know what, if she doesn't want to wear a dress, that's fine. If she doesn't want to do makeup, that's fine. If she wants to cut her hair short, that's fine. I didn't care, but it was a constant struggle with him trying to get him to understand that it was okay. You know, it was okay. However our child chooses to live, it will be okay. I knew, I knew without a doubt, that she was going to be gay. Like, that, to me, was never in question. And the funniest story, and if you ever talk to Hannah, who is now James, he will tell you the same story. In ninth grade, he actually texted me. <laughs> and he was like, Mom, I have to tell you something. And I said, okay. And he said, I'm gay. And I responded to her. Sorry. I go in between the, the uh, gender pronouns, but... At that time, it was Hannah, and she said, Mm -hmm. well, I'm gay. And I responded with, I know. In all caps, she responded, why didn't you tell me? Like, and I told her the same thing. I said, baby, it is not my place to tell you what you are. It is your place to figure out what you are. And so that kind of opened the door for her, you know, and her and I, it took our relationship. We were, I'm very close with both of my children, but it took our relationship to a different level where I was the one that she could come and talk to and, you know, she didn't tell her dad for months and she asked me not to tell him which was a whole other situation right there and so finally she did come out to him and you know he took it well he was like okay and I really think it's because I'd been preparing him (laughs) for Mm -hmm. a long time that you were gonna have a gay kid so that happened but it was she was you know wanted she cut her hair real real short which I was fine with, was well, she was also in drumline in high school. And her band teacher, her drumline teacher, she just idolized him and looked up to him. And he, they had a huge statewide competition um, down in South Texas. And he had told her, if you don't grow your hair out, you cannot be in this competition um, because you're a distraction. She came home that afternoon and was bawling. And I am not one of those moms where I would get involved with school. I'm like, you take your lumps where you take your lumps. If you screw up, you need to own it and handle the consequences. This was the only time that I went up to the school and I roared at him. You, get all, you said, got all mama bear? <laughs> Ooh, it was, and so what's funny about that too is I'm completely tatted up. So I you know, I had my tank top on because it was like, you know, 95 degrees in Texas summer and I walk in there and I know I look like a wild woman. <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> You need to sit your butt down. You're going to hear me out and if you ever make my child cry again for how she looks, we're going to escalate the situation. And he said to me, Well, those people are okay. My sister's one of those people. Those people, swear to God. I said to him, I said, then you need to ask your sister how she would feel if someone told her the same exact words you told my daughter. I said, she is not a distraction to anyone but you. Everyone else is fine with her. She wasn't getting bullied. The kids at school accepted her. Everybody knew she was gay. It wasn't a big deal except to him. Because she didn't want to wear the dress. She didn't want to want to have long hair. She wanted to wear pants and a white shirt. And so, ultimately, we got our way. She was allowed to wear what she wanted to wear, and she went to the competition, and they did amazing. But it was things like that. I was scared. I was scared to go in and confront this man, you know, and, because everyone was scared of him because he had so much power within the whole school structure because of their, it's Texas band is really important. And I thought, oh, God, if I make him mad, you know, he's going to kick her off drum line. But I couldn't sit still and watch my child suffer because he decided he didn't like the way she looked. That wasn't his place. So that was uh, an interesting time, to say the least. (laughs) Absolutely. No, but
1: being gay and having a sort of a quote-unquote masculine self-image is very different than being transgender. So right. once you found out she was gay, did you think that was kind of the end of the – you were like, oh, that's what it was. Okay, now
2: we're good. Or I did. I totally good. did. Well, I thought, okay, well, we're – that's good. Um, there's more of her story, though, that I've kind of shared a little bit with you, and I can I can – she's pretty much okay with me sharing I'm we've been very open about our journey so she had always had an issue with mental health with depression and ADD and just she's also extremely intelligent which is a whole different struggle in and of itself you know I mean she just is one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life and that's just not mom talk that's actually she's been tested and Professionals have gone, well, damn, <laughs> how do we teach to this kid? I'm like, I don't know how you teach to her because she taught herself to read when she was 18 months old. So, good luck. But because of the intelligence, because of the depression, because of not having the best family life, we'll own that and say that. And the most supportive father figure, she struggled and she got um, really bad into cutting. and. I was at the very end of the divorce with her father and she cut herself to such an extreme that actually, you know, she cut herself the way people cut themselves when they actually mean it, which is, um, you know, they don't go along the risk, they go up and down the arm. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, I said, okay, something, something needs to happen. Something needs to change. If I don't help my child, my child will not. Make it to 18. She won't do it. And so um, I contacted a lot of people and had a, a whole team that was working with me. And she actually ended up going to wilderness therapy up in Asheville, North Carolina. It was three months. You can't talk to them. You can only write letters. You're in intensive counseling. They're backpacking through the wilds of the mountains carrying 60-pound rucksacks. I mean, it sounds horrible, but she will tell you that it was the Best thing ever for her. I mean, it just helped her so much. Mm-hmm. So, still through all that, she's gay. No big deal. We can deal with that. At the end of her three months there, um, the counselor came to me and said, "Ashley, I don't, I don't think she can come home because." Her home life is in such chaos because of the divorce, and her younger sister was going through her own mental health issues, and she was actually in an inpatient program to deal with her issues. It was just a crazy, horrible, dark time in our lives, the three of us. So the counselor said, I recommend you send her to a behavioral health high school to finish out her senior year, and I said, okay. I, I I can do this because all I could think was if I don't do this, my child will not survive life. She just won't. So she ended up going to Sedona, Arizona, to a school there, and um, we would Skype like once a week. And on one of the sessions, her therapist came on first, and he said, you know, in his very German accent, he was a very German man, he said, you're – your daughter needs to tell you something and I just want you pre- to be prepared. It may be difficult to hear. Well, okay. You know <laughs> what else can happen to me at this point in time, you know? You know, it yeah. can't really get much worse than it is right now. And so she came on Skype and she said, Mom, I have to tell you something. Okay. You know, what is it? And she said, I I am transgender. I I identify as a boy and All these struggles that I've had, all the depression, everything, is because what I see in my brain is a boy. When I look in the mirror, what I see is a girl, and I don't understand how to deal with that. And I said, I figured it was something like that. (laughs) Again, same response, why didn't you tell me? Which I had the same response. It's not my job to dictate your journey. You have to discover who you are on your own time, in your own way. And so she was tremendously relieved and said, I, you, know, you gave me my name at birth, and I want you to give me my name now. And so that is how, yeah, so that's how Hannah ended up being James David. James is after my grandfather on my mother's side, and David is after my dad. So. Perfect. It's perfect. It's absolutely, it's absolutely perfect that those are the names, you know, we decided on together.
1: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey in the day-to-day after James told you that I identify as a man, but you always, you know, for 18 years had a daughter. How does that shift in your brain? Like, okay, this is my new
2: reality, or was it not a big thing? (laughs) Totally was not a big thing. I, (laughs) I mean, really, honest to God, it wasn't a big deal for me, because it was so like, oh, this makes so much sense. Now she's body dysmorphic, and that's why, because... My minor in college was psychology and I did a lot of, you know, my brother's gay. So I grew up with a lot of knowledge about what that can do when you're not supported and you're not loved and you're not made mm-hmm. to feel comfortable in your own skin. So as soon as she said, I am a he, I went, oh, all right, that makes sense. And literally it was like a light switch in my head. I, cause I worried, I was like, you know, Hannah, please, it, and I did say that I was like Hannah. Please be patient with me as I get used to calling you James David. And after that point on, I don't think I maybe two or three times mistakenly said Hannah, and it was usually when I was getting annoyed with her. But it was an <laughs> immediate uh, Hannah Elizabeth. Um, but it was an immediate switch. It was literally like a light switch, and it was the same way for her sister, who I told her sister, you know, when James was ready. And he said, yes, you can You can tell Kylie, who is her sister. Um, I, I, Kylie and I were, like, backpacking in Colorado, and I said, I have something to tell you. You know, Hannah is actually trans- transgender, and her name that she goes by now is James David, and you have a brother instead of a sister. And she was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so for the two of us, we were both like, okay, yeah, no big deal. It is what it is. Hannah's James. That's cool. All right. What's next? That's awesome. It's amazing
1: that it was that easy that you're like, oh, oh, that, that makes sense. And we're, we're moving on. So where yeah, did I mean, courage come in on this journey? Where did courage come
2: in for you as you went through this? It was almost every day. I mean, really and truly, because I never hid it. I didn't hide it. I was like, my child is trans. My child is a son and a boy and a brother and is going to grow into a man. And so it was trying to trying to reintroduce him, you know, and mm. um, and even that. It's like the universe just really smiled down on us and helped us every step of the way because I just. Honestly, I put it out there on Facebook, and I I reintroduced to everyone, and I and I had this post on Facebook that I did, and it was really long, and I did it in conjunction with James, and I said, you know, most of you know Hannah, and I'd like to introduce you to my child, James David, and we told a little bit about his journey and his story, and it was almost like a journal, and I got so much support and so much love from literally all around the globe. It was like that one post, people were sending it to their friends and saying, hey, you're going through this with your kid. Why don't you message Ashley and see what she says? Why don't you see if she has any advice or, you know, what you can do? And it was amazing. It was like people were waiting for somebody to say, this is a journey you're going to be okay on this journey. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep the love that you have for your child, genuine and pure and just transition it to this new role and it'll be fine. So it was just a daily, I can do this. You know, I can do this. We can do this together as a family and we can show people how this will look. And it's not that big of a deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's almost the courage came not in dealing with it yourself, but putting it out to the world and exactly. saying, this is
2: where we are. This is what it is. This is what love looks like. And we're, yep. we're great with it. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. That's exactly where it came from. Because as soon as I got the encouragement from my outside world, I felt braver. And I know it helped James, you know, a thousandfold to have all of his friends, the parents of his friends, you know, people he grew up with saying, hey, nice to meet you, James. Can't wait to hang out with you again. You know, <laughs> it was yeah. neat.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And how's James doing now? This was this two was, years ago? No, let's see, probably going on about four now. Um, He's doing good. Um, He hasn't fully transitioned only because there's, you know, the money aspect with things. And so now he's just kind of, he lives in Arizona, went back to Arizona because he really liked that area and he has friends there. And he and I talk almost every day and um, he's actually flying here to Delaware tomorrow um, so we can be together for my dad's funeral. And you know, he's, he's doing what every other 21-year-old kid his age does, which is kind of wandering around lost while they try to decide what they're going to do with their lives. <laughs> and that's what we all did. But
1: he's, but he's functioning and out in society and happier. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, but I will say he has good days and he has bad days. You know, just like anybody that battles mental health issues, some days he's great other days it's dark days and it's all in how you learn to cope with them you're giving you know you're given this set of coping skills and what can you do with them and can you put them in place when you need to so he still you know struggles a little bit with that more than I would like and I'm sure more than he would like too Um, Mm -hmm. but you know he's still learning he's still learning who he is and how to be James David
1: that must be an interesting thing too is going through 17 years of your life and then realizing oh that's what it was Oh, yeah. that's what it was. Now, how do I do this? Yeah, so that must be an interesting journey for him as well. Exactly. So tying this all together, um, since your dad's celebration of life is on Saturday and James is coming in, I, you told me the story about when Hannah told your dad that he <laughs> was gay. Will <laughs> you tell us that story? Because was, that was just such a
2: wonderful, wonderful Absolutely. Scene. Absolutely. It was, you know... Hannah was very nervous to tell my dad, and we had a lot of conversations about it, and I kept saying, honey, he's not going to care. His son is gay. He's not going to care. It's going to be fine, but, you know, dad's old school, and she was just really, really worried, so her and I um, and her sister, Kylie, we all packed in the expedition and drove out to DFW, and my dad flew in, and we picked him up, and we're driving home, and my dad, you know, says to Hannah, hey, you know, do you have a boyfriend? And Hannah said, nope, but I got a girlfriend. (laughs) My dad got quiet for about a heartbeat. And then he said, bet they don't teach that shit in school, do they? (laughs) We we all busted out laughing. And Hannah was like, nope. And that was it. That was absolutely (laughs) it. My dad didn't care. He loved her just the way she was, had no problems with it. And we just continued moving on. That's wonderful. That's and that, that's to me, thing. is the biggest lesson to take away from anything is love the people you're with. Love your child. You give birth to this child. You carry them under your heart. No, it may not be exactly what you wanted it to be, the situation, but they're still your child. Just love them. Love them for who they are.
1: That's something that my brother used to say when I'd say, oh, you know, when, when his daughter grows up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what she's going to be. And I'm like, what, what? And it's just leaving that open and saying, I don't know who this person is, but I'm excited to meet them and see exactly. what that happens. Yep. Yeah. that's exactly that's a right. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful message. And so thank you so much for your time. I know you're you're in a tumultuous time and you're in Delaware taking care of, of your dad, finishing up with your dad's life. And so thank you so much for taking the time and having the courage to get on the phone and
2: share this. I know that there are going to be some people who hear this. It's going to be a very, very important message. I hope so. And I hope, you know, if anybody wants to reach out and just have a conversation, reach out to me. I have no problems talking about it. And if you just want an ear just to say, this is what I'm going through and I don't know how to handle it, reach out. I mean, I'm here. It's Okay. At least take advantage of it. If you get anybody that wants to just talk, let me know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and if it's okay with you, I can, can connect your
1: Facebook to the to the podcast. Oh, yeah. If you just Absolutely. Do it independently, they can get in touch with me. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll make sure we put the Ashley's contact information on uh, on the podcast. So if you did want to get in touch, have you done that before? Have you spoken to parents who are going through similar things?
2: Oh yeah. When I did that post on Facebook introducing James David. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say people from around the globe, because, you know, you wow. and I both, we have a lot of international friends. People were messaging me on Facebook and saying, my best friend is going through this, and I don't know how to help her. Can you talk to her? Can you talk to us together? You know, she's scared, and this, that, and the other thing. And, I mean, I spent weeks and months talking to complete strangers just saying you know, this is what we went through. This is how we handled it. And if I can do anything, let me know. So I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, I think we're all here to help each other in whatever way we can. So if this is the way I'm supposed to help people, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well,
1: that's, that's wonderful. And just following your journey for me has been such a, such a great, you're just a great example of love and a big, gigantic smile and your teeny little body with all your tattoos. And (laughs) <laughs> so I, I I look forward to continuing to watching the the journey of of love that you guys you guys are going through. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah.